Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, one and all, everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to another brand new edition, spanking and new of the Sea Report, ladies and gentlemen, coming to you guys live on this Monday, April 4th, 2022, I'm your host, Mr. C., also known as Michael Aaron Casadis. Great to be here with you guys tonight as we get ready for a new night of news, current events, headlines, you know, just all the proper aggregating that this broadcast does, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to specify for sure. Uh, But welcome indeed. I hope you guys have had a good start to your week this week. We're what, in the first official week of April, Indeed, it looks like uh, we got through March and all of its Mad Hatter madness. Uh, And I guess we'll have to wait and see what April is going to bring to us upon our doorsteps as a gift wrapped up nice and neatly in a bow. Ladies and gentlemen, whatever that might happen to be, you know, we'll try as much as we can to be here with you guys to uh, uh, update you and inform you about what that... uh, prize might happen to be so nice and neatly wrapped up in a bow and uh yeah well anyways ladies and gentlemen (laughs) welcome to a brand new show i know i get kind of weird sometimes with my openings but it's all good I'm working on it. Uh, glad to have you all with us. If you're joining us, we are live over at the Foxhole.app at pill.net at twitch.tv, clouthub.app, and rumble.com. Uh, make sure that you follow and subscribe uh, if you are watching on any of those platforms. And hey, if you're on a platform and you don't know what platform we're on or you'd like to go and get some easy links to where those platforms are, well, you just visit the C Report. Dot com. I got it right here across the uh, mid-bottom of the screen. The upper bottom of the screen, the lower center. The C-Report.com. And uh, you can definitely do that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can find out where you can check out the rest of our broadcasts. Uh, so say if you are a Rumble subscriber or you do have a Twitch account... You know, you can go ahead and do that over there. Say you're watching us on Rumble and you're like, what is this, the Foxhole app and the pill.net that Mr. C's always talking about? I've never heard of that before. Well, go and check it out. TheSeaReport.com. Click on one of our resource links at the top. Uh, I think the About page, maybe. I think it's on the About page. Anyways, point of the matter is you can go find out about the Foxhole.app and pill.net. Uh, They are uh, um, independent patriotic platforms, ladies and gentlemen, wherein you can find and stay up to date with a lot of information, get to know a great community of patriots. And uh, for sure, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be in for a treat with that one. It's a great platform. And uh, so I I would recommend go get your free account today. But either way, whatever, whatever way it is that you choose to go, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, Make sure you follow and subscribe to the show so you can stay up to date on our latest broadcast when we're going live. You know, you can click for those push notifications because the C-Report is a wily type of show. You know, Uh, we we are live Monday through Friday in the evening hours. But is it going to be early evening or late evening? Well, tonight we're on late. We're at about, what, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time tonight. Had a pretty busy day. I see uh, my brother over there, WC Cranop, popping in over at the Foxhole app, asking 
No demons tonight, right? <laughs> well, in case any of you, and thank you for the 117 gold pills, by the way, WC Cranop. Uh, in case you're wondering what that reference might be regarding, ladies and gentlemen, you should have been with us this weekend and also this, uh, this uh, afternoon here at Mr. CTV. Because uh, we, uh, we were streaming some interesting stuff. You know, I think the demon started... Probably on uh, Saturday night. Saturday night is when it all started, ladies and gentlemen. From there, it was just downhill. From there, it was just downhill. We had a great revival Saturday evening with the President Trump rally in Michigan. I say revival. Uh, <laughs> it was a, it was a great rally to, uh, to behold and to, um, you know, share with, uh, the friends and the family out there who are Trump supporters and, uh, who enjoy getting enthused and getting, you know, refreshed every time president Trump has a rally. Well, we got to be there guys, because, uh, it, it's at least for me, it's a great way to, uh, it's a great way to like, you know, recharge the battery, right? Right? Because President Trump, after all, is the face of America first, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tout my love for America first if I were not a Trump supporter. Because after all, he is the man that put America first in front of all of our faces and uh, when he said it, he meant it. And we know that based on his record, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, as we were talking about these demons, don't worry, guys. You won't see any demons tonight. You might see one or two swamp creatures. I take it back. I take it back. There will be one demon feature tonight, but it won't be in any, any, any way as extreme as it was this past weekend here at Mr. CTV. Now, uh, the demon we'll be featuring, by the way, is Ghislaine Maxwell. We, we just got some Ghislaine Maxwell updates for you guys. That's about it. We're not going to show any videos. We're not going to show any footage. We're not going to show any of her shenanigans and the things that she did. Um, but hey, Bubbles, how's it going? Uh, but in regards to... This past weekend over here at Mr. C TV, uh, we aired some new episodes of Mr. C in the Dark. In case you guys uh, don't know what Mr. C in the Dark is, in case you're brand new to Mr. C TV and you're wondering why the C report's going on about Mr. C in the Dark, well, Mr. C in the Dark is, uh, is a, typically a weekend nighttime show. It's like a nighttime talk show. Sometimes we do headlines. I was trying to catch up on stories this past weekend on Mr. C in the Dark. I failed. You know, I think of all of the 30 or 40 tabs of news and current events I would like to share with you guys. I think I got through about four of them, right? Uh, but Saturday, uh, we did a feature, a featurette on uh, Contangia Brown Jackson, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm quite happy to say that in spite of the fact, or I should say despite the fact that people were talking about, uh, and I'm, by people I mean the news, the talking heads, and even people in Washington, uh, we're talking about uh, D.C., not state, right? We're talking about uh, giving a vote on Contangia Brown Jackson to confirm her as the next uh, Supreme Court justice, 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they, they were supposed to have done that vote today, according to the information that we had throughout the weekend. And Saturday, like I said, for Mr. C in the dark, uh, most appropriately, uh, we we foraged into some, um, I wouldn't say it's new information, but it was it was more, it was information that was definitely uh, expanded upon. Uh, and, and that happened because, and, and by all means, we're going to talk about this now before we get into the report for tonight. Um, we had, uh, we had um, information regarding the cases that Kintanje Brown Jackson tried and sentenced on, you know, where she sat as the judge, uh, presiding judge for, in regards to the uh, pedophile, well, we say pedophile, right? According to Kintanje Brown Jackson, if you own, possess, or utilize child pornography for self-gratification, that does not make you a pedophile, according to Kintanje Brown Jackson. Yeah, I don't know what jungle she comes from, and I say that because, in my viewpoint, that is not a civilized type of sentencing. See, that was not a racist remark, okay? If you think I said jungle because she black, then you're the racist, not me, okay? Because I mean, those sentencings, rulings, and opinions are not civilized, in my point of view humbly speaking. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Now that I've got that clarified, I don't know what jungle she came from that she thinks that if you use child pornography to gratify yourself, that you're uh, not a pedophile. That is some kind of, I don't know what the heck that is. The only type of jungle juice I know about that, that you get that kind of thought from is probably from taking poppers on a Saturday night with all your gay friends, ladies and gentlemen. And we don't do that here at the Sea Report. Because as you can tell, we're usually on the air. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, NT Ways. Uh, more information about her rulings uh, was made available by the Article 3 Project. Um, I would recommend going back to watching our archived episode of Mr. C in the Dark, episode number 66. Available on the foxhole.appill.nep, runbull.com. And uh, if you want to get the full scope of what we were talking about on Saturday night, so I said that's why I said WC Crane Op, the demon, the demons came out on Saturday. Okay, they just didn't go away. I put them back in the box this afternoon. I promise you. Okay, uh, but um, uh, Article Three Project dot org or dot com. It's a article. The word article. The number three project dot org or dot com. Forgive me, guys, if I don't remember if it was .org or .com. You can uh, type it in your web browser and you got a 50-50 chance, ladies and gentlemen. But Article 3 Project, um, which is an organization that exclusively examines and researches um, and, and advocates regarding Supreme Court justice nominations, did a dive into... Um, these cases regarding child pornography and the sentencing that Kentanja Brown Jackson did for those who possessed it. Needless to say, on that website, it included transcripts and official court documentation, uh, uh, her words, her rulings, etc. Uh, descriptions of the case, guys. 
descriptions of the case. Pennywise was out in full candor on Saturday night. And by Pennywise, I mean Contangi Brown Jackson, okay, who, who apologizes for having to sentence child pornographer exe- uh, child pornography possessors who, who will give someone a three-month sentencing in jail when they're asked to be served 90 months in prison for their violations of uh, human decency and child exploitation and, and just being an overall, you know, uh, a scum of society, you know. And, and then... Some of these, and there was at least two of them there that uh, that uh, that um, uh, they 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 had a relapse. Is that what you would call it, Contangi Brown? They had a relapse, like a drug addict. They went out and they were still scoping out child pornography in- images, and they were still going out and reoffending. I guess maybe for her that would be a relapse, but um, it's just. Terrible, guys. So the point of the matter is go back and watch Mr. C in the Dark episode number 66 over at the Foxhole or over at Rumble. And uh, make sure you follow and subscribe while you're there. Okay. Make your free account over at the Foxhole app while you're there. Okay. But the point of the matter is they did not vote on the demon which tonight or today rather, uh, what, what did end up happening is it seems that they pushed her nomination confirmation out of the Senate Judiciary Committee and they put it on the floor for a vote, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the vote for Kentanji Brown Jackson stands at 53 to 47. It should be 50-50 if it were voted exclusively down party lines. But that's not what's happening, because as we know, as we talked about on Saturday night at Mr. C in the Dark, we have Mittens, Romney, Susan Collins, and Lisa Murkowski. Lisa, I like to get close up and personal and do a little nose rub with Diane Feinstein Murkowski, who stand to vote to confirm Kentangi Brown Jackson. So the deadline to uh, call this number right above my shiny forehead here, 202-224-3121, and let your senator know you don't want someone on the Supreme Court that goes easy on child exploitation matters. The deadline has been pushed to a Thursday, possibly Friday, okay? They're, they're saying now that she is on the track to be confirmed by Thursday or Friday. And even the senators who have thrown a wrench in the gumworks of the Democrats' nefarious plans like uh, Senator Manchin or Senator Sinema. I know, I know it's cinema, but you know what? I like saying it like cinema, okay? So that's the way I'm going to say it. Um, they're also already signaling that they will vote to confirm her. So that puts Kentangi Brown 53 to 47 confirmed on the Supreme Court for a lifetime appointment to make it easier for child exploiter, exploiters, child abusers to get off from serving probably even lighter sentences than they deserve, right? I like it Russia style, send them up to Siberia, make them work to their fingers fall off and get frozen and black and, uh, you know, uh, was that the permafrost, whatever, you know, that, I think that's, I think that's a much, a much more, I mean, we could call for castration, 
and we could call for death, right? But uh, if their fingers fall off and, you know, there's no self-gratification in that, ladies and gentlemen. Plus, they have to live with their sins for the rest of their lives. So, uh, is that too harsh, ladies and gentlemen? Are we not showing empathy, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, just as the Democrats, the progressives, the left-wing, the left-leaning media, I should say the shamestream, lamestream, legacy, pedophile, mockingbird, propaganda media, um, that we're not showing empathy, just like any conservatives or Republicans are not showing empathy because they don't have empathy, like uh, they don't, they don't, they don't have the deep depth, heartfelt, sinking empathy. The empathy that's deeper than any ocean that Contangi Brown Jackson has. I wonder. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I have empathy for the children who are being abused. I have empathy for the children who are being exploited and used and destroyed. That's who I have empathy for. And while I do not personally hate these individuals, ladies and gentlemen, that do those things, because I just, I can't, I cannot jive with hate, no matter what, uh, what tense, what sense, what anything it is. I can't even rationalize it, okay? I'm just saying. I guess the universe will take care of it, ladies and gentlemen. Can't get much more deeper into that conversation than I already have. But that's what we were covering on Saturday night over at Mr. C in the Dark here on Mr. C TV. Now, Sunday, Sunday, we had a movie night on Sunday, and that was actually pretty fun. Um, I can't just watch one movie, though. You know what I mean? We we did three documentaries on Sunday here at Mr. CTV. So again, if you're checking this out over at uh, Twitch or at Clout Hub or at uh, uh, Rumble, uh, because my my audience over at the Foxhole app and uh, Pill.net, they already know about movie nights. They already know about everything we do here at Mr. CTV. Uh, they're good like that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but if you're new to it, you know, you can catch along with it. You can catch you can catch the ride. You can come on in. And we have a pretty good time. Uh, we watched two documentaries on the situation going on in Ukraine. I finally aired the documentary that is uh, part two of Ukraine on Fire. Some people thought I was lying about it, right? They're like, Ukraine on Fire part two, give me the link. I was like, well, hold your hoses. Uh, it was called Revealing Ukraine, the Continuation of Ukraine on Fire, again with executive producer Oliver Stone, which, you know, I was talking with someone about that. And it's kind of like weird that Oliver Stone is all of a sudden, it seems like he's turning over a leaf. I don't know. Redemption at the end of his life. I don't know. Oliver Stone has said uh, he was because he was asked by one of the uh, former Ukrainian um, uh, um head politicians that he was interviewing. And I for, forgive me for not remembering his name. You know, all of this, these names, uh, Yovanovitch, Yukonovich, uh, Maloisky, Kaloisky, uh, Zelensky, Petrensky, like, Petra how am I supposed to remember all these names? Anyways, okay, so as I was saying, uh, he was asked why he is so interested in talking about Ukraine. 
And his answer was because uh, from what he had learned in his documentary interview with President Vladimir Putin, probably about two years prior to revealing Ukraine and Ukraine on fire, um, uh, an entire world of misinformation and disinformation had been opened up to him. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying this myself. He didn't use these words. But what he did say is that um, what he had learned raised concern to him about where our country was going because he understands. I mean, come on, this is the man that did the JFK assassination movie, right? Like he understands that there is a there is an underbelly, there is a seedy underbelly, there's an undercurrent, there's this entire you know other aspect of our government that many Americans don't know about, refuse to know about, or just can't know about. And uh, he was concerned about where our country was going in respect to what was happening in Ukraine. Because what do we learn from those? What do we learn about Ukraine from our, uh, from our own personal research? What do we learn from Ukraine about uh, the research and the news reports that are coming out from independents like the Sea Report? What do we learn about Ukraine regarding just even just watching uh, the work that Oliver Stone has done? Now, we have learned that the United States of America and other Western um, uh, nations have actively worked for regime change, a coup d'etat, as well as what? Colored revolutions, the whole nine yards in Ukraine, okay? And then when we dig a little bit deeper, ladies and gentlemen, we learn about the Nazis in Ukraine and how they've been installed in Ukraine and how they've been embedded in their military, in their National Guard, and since that time getting into political positions in their parliament. And then when we dig a little bit deeper, ladies and gentlemen, we learn that sects of Nazis have been in existence and have been doing their thing there since probably World War II. And this is a fact that the Western media has refused to acknowledge in spite of the fact that all of these same Western media outlets reported on these Nazis prior to 2020, probably even as late as 2020. This, these agencies themselves ran stories about the Nazis in Ukraine and now they deny them or they just stifle that knowledge. So we ran some, we, we did some documentaries on Saturday here at Mr. CTV about Ukraine. We actually also did a pop-up episode of the Sea Report, episode number 276. We talked more about Ukraine. We talked more about the Nazis. We talked more about the information that our Western media is hiding from us and how it's very important 202-224-3121, the number's right above my shiny head here, that we cannot let the media get away with these lies and these lies of omission, ladies and gentlemen, when this information is so readily available and easily discoverable, how can they get away with it? They can't and they shouldn't. 
So yeah, I know all of that's a little bit heavy getting started in today's report. We're going to get just a little bit heavier. Because <laughs> the final, we ran three documentaries on, on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, for movie night, right? Hey, Bill Tech, how's it going, buddy? Good to see you. But we ran three documentaries here on Mr. CTV. The third documentary... Oh, and by the way, just just to just to you know have all of my my eyes dotted, my T's crossed. Documentary number one revealing Ukraine executive producer Oscar 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 Oliver Stone. A documentary number two, the Maidan massacre. Uh, same filmmakers. Uh, Oscar Stone was. Uh, why am I saying Oscar? Oliver Stone was not involved. Documentary number three was called Just the Tip. Um, and, uh, that was by an outfit that you can find at vtvault.org or .com. I apologize, guys. There's a lot of .coms, .orgs that you got to remember. And I go through a lot of information. So vtvault.org or .com, you got a 50-50 chance if you pop it in your web browser. Don't get frustrated. Don't be lazy. Uh, but just so you guys know who did these documentaries. Now, just the tip, uh, was actually about, um, child sex trafficking, uh, the uh, Pedogate, Pedowood, Hollyweird, Epstein. I mean, it covered everything, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it was, it's probably the most current and most thorough documentary on the subject that I have seen so far. And mind you, this is allegedly part one of who knows how many. I'm hunting down the next parts to show to share with the, the share with you guys out there in the audience. Uh, so you know, I won't talk at length about that topic. It was very heavy, very very heavy, um, and and not because I mean it, it had some graphic parts indeed, but it's just the content, ladies and gentlemen, can really it can really weigh down one's soul. You know, uh, uh, seeing and knowing what it is that some. Peep some children, some innocent souls on our planet are going through, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's it's absolutely one of those things that you pray for their relief and you pray for them to be delivered, um, because nobody should have to experience what they're experiencing. It was an insane documentary, and I I applaud the creators of this documentary because. It had so much footage I had never seen before, you know, and it's not that I'm so well versed in all of these types of documentaries. I'm not. But uh, for what it was and what it presented, uh, it, 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 would, it would jar anyone awake, I think, if they saw it. And we're at a point right now, 100th Monkey Syndrome style that uh, I dare say you could show that documentary to anybody. And immediately they would probably they would probably grasp onto exactly its message, and that is that uh, uh, what what these children and humans are dealing with it has nothing to do with party lines. It has nothing to do with Q, even though the Q movement is what brought this to the forefront in two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen. Uh, but even that, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with common decency. It has to do with uh, human rights. It has to do with justice, freedom. It has to do with liberty. It has to do with what's right for humans, ladies and gentlemen. So again, if you've never heard of Just the Tip, you can go check it out at my Rumble page. 
you can go check it out at uh, the foxhole.app. Look for the Mr. C channel. And when you make your free membership, don't forget to favorite my channel, okay? All right. <laughs> we do stuff like that. We don't just do straight up news reporting Monday through Friday. We do some extra stuff here at Mr. CTV. And uh, I do what I can, guys. I, I just think it's important to understand that I am a verbal living news aggregator, okay? I, I curate news and headlines. I share my point of view. I, I do some commentary on it, um, but I, I wouldn't consider myself an investigative journalist. I wouldn't consider myself a journalist, you know? I'm a, com- I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a news and political analyst and commentator, and I aggregate news in the flesh, all right? So that means I share the stories, okay? Anyways, guys, so that's what we had going on. We actually did a reprise of Just the Tip this afternoon uh, because I I messed up my Rumble uh, stream of it whenever I was uh, uploading it onto the system and sharing it with you guys the first time. So some people got two doses of that uh, documentary. Uh, If it didn't sink in the first time, it definitely sank in the second time, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was uh it was a uh, it was a pretty fruitful weekend, I would definitely say. Pretty fruitful weekend here over at Mr. CTV. Um for those of you who catch the live streams or the replays and also listen to our podcast, I need to let you guys know uh cuz you guys are probably wondering why I have not uploaded any podcasts to the podcast website. It appears that I've run out of memory on my podcast website. I don't know what that means. I don't even know if I could buy more space. I need to look into that, um, which will be another expenditure. But, you know, we, we, I'm not going to stop doing it because of that. But uh, so today I was working on that uh, between the report and, and, and between whiles of running uh, just the tip part two. I mean, the second time. And uh, so, you know, I I had to go back into my podcast account, you know, where I upload these shows so that you guys can hear them on podcast, had to start cleaning out all of, you know, erasing files I don't need. And we're talking like if I do one episode of the C report, that turns into like six to 10 separate files in the podcast side and probably, I don't know five to seven of those I don't even use. So I had to start go start going in and delating everything and it's very time consuming. And then I also went back to the very, very first episodes that I um, downloaded on that podcast platform, uh, which did not include all political stuff. You know, I had a couple of podcast episodes of my poetry and writing. I also had some podcast episodes of a personal podcast that I used to do. So I started downloading and deleting all of those, trying, hoping that that will clear up some memory on this platform so I don't have to start all overs again and start building my audience again, which will be hard because it's taken so long to get as many audience members on that podcast platform. And granted, it's not a lot. I can count it on my fingers and my toes. But but I mean, these are these are these are return listeners, right? Return listeners I'm talking about. 
I can count on my fingers and my toes. So it's not a lot, but it took me three years to get here. Okay. So I don't, I really don't want to have to start over again with a whole brand new podcasting platform. That would just, it would be, it would be a little bit deflating. I wouldn't stop. Obviously I'd keep on doing what I'm doing, but it would be a little bit deflating. You know, it would be a little bit deflating. It'd be another thing I have to do to get done, to get this stuff out here to you guys in, uh, in, in a manner that I feel is appropriate for what I'm trying to present to you all and share with you all in the package that I'm trying to do so with the standard that I try and maintain here at Mr. CTV. So anyways, I just need to let you guys know if you listen to our podcast, the reason why I haven't uploaded the last, I don't know, four or five episodes is because I'm battling with, uh, battling with, uh, data storage and memory issues on the podcast right now. And if I can buy some more space, I'll do it. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but I'll do it. Uh, cause I really don't want to have to start overs again. Anyways, guys, so welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Sea Report. Now, as I was saying uh, early on, we had <clears throat> President Trump's rally was also on Saturday. Great rally. Now, uh, I heard some comments that, you know, uh, his rally in Georgia the week before was better than this one. Uh, as far as what President Trump had to say and share, and I actually kind of agree with that. Um, he was definitely hitting hard uh, in uh, Washington Township, Michigan this past Saturday, uh, but uh, he seemed to have more vigor and vim in Georgia. Now, also what I will say is that the guest speakers that he had on Saturday, I mean, they were amazing. And it's not just because I am a big fan of the likes of Christina Caramo and, uh, you know, Matt DiPerno, not just because of that, but, uh, I am super stoked for Christina Caramo. Uh, she's getting more and more recognition as she should. People are finally seeing her as the firebrand that they should have always seen her as. I mean, I knew the minute the first story we ever played here about Christina Caramo, when I introduced my audience to Christina Caramo, was uh, July, August of 2020, when uh, she, with dozens of other Michiganders, um, walked thousands of affidavits to the office of the Secretary of Snakes, Jocelyn Benson. And uh, we ran that story. And there was just something about her back then that I just immediately attached to. And, you know, even having spoken with her in person and talked with her and interviewed her and stuff like that in Nevada, uh, she's very, very humble, very down to earth. Uh, but she's got a fire inside of her, guys. And I think the world finally got to see that fire on Saturday in um, Washington Township there in Michigan. She basically stole the show, ladies and gentlemen. She basically stole the show. And the way that she presented herself and also regarded President Trump, ladies and gentlemen, was with such a reverence and such a great amount of respect for his office and for the man you just knew that this woman was speaking from her heart and you knew that she was real. I mean, that's what I felt watching Christina Cramer. I don't know what any of my audience out there feels about having seen her speak, but I think I got some of you guys on my side about her position and, you know, what she stands for. 
you know, because she was just amazing. She really lit that arena up in Michigan. And I was so happy to see it. And I, you know, I look at the, um, I look at the, uh, I look at the, the, the headlines today and, and, and also, you know, the, the MSM news articles that pop up on my web browser. And if they're not attacking her, they're praising her. And that is what she deserves. She's definitely carved out a place in the national conversation for who she is and what she stands for. And in spite of what the polls might say in Michigan, I think she has a very good chance of beating Jocelyn Benson, the Secretary of Snakes, up there in Michigan. And if I know anyone from Michigan and they did not vote for her, well, just get off my channel. Get off my (laughs) channel. I mean, generally, I respect the way people vote, you know, I respect it, but no. Not in the case of Christina. <laughs> Not in the case of Christina. You did. If you live in Michigan, I know a few people that live in Michigan, and you don't vote for her, you're a damn fool. Ladies and gentlemen, you are damnedest of fools. Anyways, uh, we have some President Trump news for you guys. Uh, and of course, uh, a couple of statements. Uh, by way of statements, we only have some endorsements tonight to share with you guys. But before we get into that, uh, by way of Trump news, we were going to talk about Truth Social. Truth Social, guys. Truth Social. Like, what the hell? It's already the fourth day of April, and I still don't got my Truth Social yet. What is going on here, ladies and gentlemen? Who is Devin Nunes hiring, is what I want to know. And then, and then some people who have a little bit more insight are asking, well, who is Devin Nunes listening to? Who is influencing Devin Nunes to make the decisions that he's made? He's already hired some uh, Lincoln Project rejects, you know, the ones that hoard themselves out to all of those rhinos. Uh, One of them, well, we've talked about one of them here uh, at the uh, C-Report a few times. Actually, I promised you guys I would show you that article, didn't I? About about, uh, Ali Akbar, Akbar Alexander. Um, I mean, I, I could, I could fish that out real quick. If you guys are interested, I don't know. You tell me if you're interested, if you're not interested, don't say anything in the chat room. Okay. Okay. All right. Anyways, let's talk about truth social. Uh, so, uh, truth social, uh, made some headlines, uh, today in the, uh, in the good old, uh, what do you call it? News browser, web browser there, whenever I opened it. Um, uh, because, uh, already, you know, so many people have attacked truth social because it's a failure. They say it's a flop. They say, uh, it's a dud, you know, uh, at this point I'm starting to think that maybe they're true, but you know, I have a little bit more faith in that. So that's really what's, uh, holding me back from taking that, uh, taking that hard, uh, stance on the platform. Uh, because I mean, like I said, we're already in mid April, you know, uh, Devin Nunes said that the platform would be up and running by uh, the end of last month, okay? Because uh, I don't listen to the rumors of, oh, it's going to be ready by March, whatever. Devin Nunes said by the end of the month. It's been the end of the month, okay? So um, we had two of their, I guess, uh, executive level tech people leave the platform, I guess, just today or yesterday. Let's pull up the article on it so you guys can get a little bit of an update on Truth Social uh, two top Truth Social executives resigned from the company. Uh, 
Now, knowing that Devin Nunes has hired, you know, at least one Lincoln Project reject uh, at Hard Rhino, uh, known felon. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure he has a record, okay? I, I, I can't remember if it makes him a felon or not. I'd have to dig it up. Uh, 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 blackmailer. He is a known blackmailer. I mean, I don't think I could get sued for saying that because the, apparently there's video evidence of him that he used against Carl Rove in order to get his weight in, in Washington or, I don't know, to get on CNN or to get on Fox or something like that. I don't know. I don't know that part. It's not my story to tell, okay? I'm just telling you based on the reports that I've seen by people and sources that I trust, okay? And I do name my sources, um, but uh, because it's not like they're, it's not, it's not like it's like hidden Intel, black op, uh, high up above, uh, need to know people. Anyways, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, um, what's the word? I don't, I don't frolic in those fields. Right. Okay. Right. Anyways. So if Devin Nunes is willing to hire a Lincoln project reject who is effectively running truth social the way that he sees fit. Uh, you got to wonder who these other people are, right? So uh, along with that, we have this article about two of their tech execs resigning. I don't even know who any of those people are. I tried to look them up today. I spent a, a little bit of time trying to figure out who these guys are. Um, this article uh, coming from uh, TheVerge.com, their departures come after the app's disastrous launch. So people are still touting this launch as being pretty disastrous, you know. Two executives building former President Donald Trump's alternative, their words, not mine, President Donald Trump's alternative social networking platform, Truth Social, have left the company, according to a news report from Reuters. Chief Technology Officer Josh Adams, see, I don't know who that is, and Head of Product Development Billy Boozer, I mean, with a name like Boozer, I don't know. Anyways, both resigned from their roles less than a year after joining Trump's social media venture. Their departures come following the Truth Social's app's disastrous debut on February 20th, a launch plagued by technical glitches and a 13-hour outage. More than a month after launch, the service has shown little improvement. New users are still being put on an ever-expanding million-person or more wait list to join the app. And Trump has only ever posted to the network once. More than a month after launch, the service has shown little improvement. That's what we're talking about here. As of publication, it's unclear whether Truth Social has found replacements for the resigning executives or if they're working at the company in different roles. Adams and Boozer and the Trump Media and Technology Group did not immediately respond to requests for comment, but Trump touted his own social network app shortly after he was banned from Twitter. Okay, so that's just some history. We already know about that. Don't got to read it. Um, at launch, Truth skyrocketed into the top downloaded app on Apple's App Store for social networking, but only a few weeks later, the censorship-free Twitter. And it's interesting that they put censorship-free Twitter clone because uh, the article about Ali Akbar, you know, the uh, Lincoln Project hack who's working for Truth Social, kind of says uh, this uh, same thing about uh, censorship free. Okay, maybe I should dig that up for you. No one, no one ever responded over at the chat. So, I mean, I, it's, I don't know. Everyone's making dinner. Anyway, so Twitter clone has slipped into the 28th most popular spot despite all of the hype around the app from the truth wing of the Republican Party. 
Aptopia, an analytics firm, recently reported that Truth peaked at 170,000 downloads a day, and they are now down to around 8,000 downloads per day. Well, if they've had 170,000 downloads per day since February, and they're now down to 8,000, I'd say they're still doing pretty good. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, in February, Devin Nunes, former House member and head of, uh, was it, uh, I want to say this right, Trump Media and Technology Group. Okay, I'm going to have to remember what this acronym stands for. Trump Media and Technology Group. I don't know. It might mean Teenage Mutant Turtles. Go get them. No, just kidding. I'm playing. Anyways, told Fox News that Truth Social would not be fully operational until the end of March. The company has yet to make any announcements regarding its official launch and GoOgle Play Store apps uh, as uh, of the first week of April. So a lot of people are still waiting for Truth Social. You know? And um, so am I. So am I, ladies and gentlemen. Wondering when when I'm going to get to get on that. I do know I could tell you guys for a fact I am on Truth Social at MRCTV. Okay, now that's Mr. CTV. Okay, not Media Reconnaissance Corporation TV or whatever that other group is called. I respect it. I just don't remember what the acronym stands for. Yeah, I used to work at a job that was nothing but acronyms. Even the name of the company was an acronym. So I'm a little acronym burned out. Okay. Anyways, so uh, yeah, so MRC TV, which stands for Mr. CTV, okay, uh, not media relations uh, company or whatever, media review um, um, uh, cops, I'm not sure what that stands for, I don't know, but anyways, Mr. CTV, MRC TV, at Truth Social, at MRC TV, so if you are on Truth Social, go look for my uh Go look for my account. People are following me almost every day over there. They probably think I'm the other MRC TV. <laughs> That's probably what they're thinking. And they're going to get this guy who does news headlines, reviews, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, just curates the news as opposed to, like, does hard defining videos and stories, etc., etc., etc. It's great to, you know, be able to... Uh, Share my own personal analysis and commentary as far as the news goes. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in every night that I'm on. I appreciate you more than you understand. Uh, but yeah, so that's up. That's what's up with Truth Social. I am not going to share with you guys the article about Ali Akbar, Truth Social, Lincoln Project, Carl Rove, uh, how they're um, how they're uh, how they're censoring people who don't agree with Ali Akbar and how they're kicking them off the news and how how they're making up uh, fake accounts of other people's uh, names and businesses and companies. Says no one wants to hear about it. I'm not going to share it with you, but just know it's out there. You can go read it at torysays.com if you want. Uh, probably better that I say it that way, anyways. Anyways, okay, let's talk about. Uh, President Trump's statements for today. I only got two to share with you guys. And uh, they are, um, they're just, uh, they're just endorsements. That's not a bad thing, right? Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. Uh, So let's start with uh, his first endorsement. Endorsement of Senator Mike Lee. Some of you guys might recognize this man as a firm Trump supporter coming out of Utah, Ladies and gentlemen, so he has uh, he has scored 
an endorsement from President Trump. I mean, it's something that should have been expected, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see. Hey, Senator. Uh, Senator. Hey, Senator. Hey, Senator Patriot 72. How you doing? <laughs> I mean, special Patriot 72. Uh, ditto, my friend. And thanks for being uh, being in the audience tonight. And uh, yeah. Hack bar. Anyways. OK. Um, so, uh, the, the endorsement for Senator Mike Lee goes this way. Uh, Senator Mike Lee has done an outstanding job for the wonderful people of Utah. There is no greater voice for our military, our vets, law and order, and our Second Amendment, which is under total siege. He loves his state and is by far the superior senator there. Not even a contest. He is running against Evan McMuffin McMullen. Ah! <laughs> Evan McMuffin. All right. You know, where, President Trump, where were you with McAwful? Come on. You could have said McAwful at least one time. Okay. Anyways, Senator Evan McMuffin McMullen. I wonder if this guy's fat anyways. Does he got a muffin top? You know, it's kind of... <laughs> kind of what I'm thinking. Anyways, Evan McMuffin McMullen, a man that does not represent the standards and policies of the great people of Utah. All you have to do is read the ads about McMuffin in the last campaign to know what he stands for. He is laughed at by all and would be a disaster for the state. And you can't have two such senators like that at one time. Oh, he's talking about Mittens Romney, isn't he? He, people, he, you cannot have two disasters for senators in Utah. Mittens Romney, aside, aside from his, uh, his alleged child choking habits, is a disaster for Utah, right? How did he even get to Utah? I thought that dude was from, like, the East Coast. He's like, oh, let me go with all my brothers in the uh, Mormon... I don't know. Anyways. Okay. Uh, Anyways, President Trump concludes, Mike Lee, on the other hand, is top of the line. He has my complete and total endorsement. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got an endorsement for Senator Mike Lee. Senator Mike Lee. Good job, Senator Mike Lee. Pardon me. We know that you deserved that indeed. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Let's take a gander at the second endorsement uh, from President Trump. All right. Hey, Chipmunk45, how you doing tonight? Thanks for gifting the can over at uh, pill.net, foxhole.app. Much appreciated, friend. Speech impediments. Ah. <laughs> Are you saying I have a lift? <laughs> Anyways, okay. Uh, next endorsement. Uh, you guys might know her. You guys might not love her. You guys might remember her there now and don't you know. Uh, President Trump has endorsed the incomparable Sarah Palin. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I don't know. I can't say that I'm surprised by this move. I'm really not surprised. Uh, I mean, after all, Sarah Palin did support President Trump. 
Um, where does one begin with Sarah Palin, ladies and gentlemen? Swamp creature, not swamp creature. What do you guys think, right? What do you guys think? Uh, I kind of put her in as the swamp. You know what I mean? Um, that's not to say that she, you know, I really couldn't tell you all the good that she has done. (laughs) I thought she was just there to clean up for John McCain anytime he pooed his pants, to be quite honest with you. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know that I could vouch for Palin, okay? Uh, just making more work for me here at the Sea Report Okay, I have to go and do some digging into Sarah Palin. I was I, uh, uh, voting for the first time when Sarah Palin was running as vice president, ladies and gentlemen, back in 2008. My eyes were open, but I was still waking up, okay? So forgive me if I don't know all the dirt on Miss Palin other than the fact that she claims that she can see uh, Russia from her home in Alaska there now then and don't you know? Uh, but I mean, I, you know, uh, she was, she was very, what's the word? Uh, she was, she was an invigorating force for male Republican voters back in 2008. I remember that also. Uh, she was also the constant butt and of the jokes of, uh, the likes of Saturday Night Live. I remember that. And uh, she basically gave Tina Fey her career, you know, uh, <laughs> basically gave Tina Fey her career. If there was no Sarah Palin, there would be no Tina Fey. How do I know who the hell Tina Fey is? You're probably wondering, right? Uh, I don't know. Probably because it's from that that era back then and there and now and don't you know uh, that I I remember her as an actress. uh, Unless Tina Fey is the blonde one. I don't remember the blonde one's name. I thought Tina Fey was the brunette, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. You know, I could be wrong. Um, Let's just see what President Trump had to say about uh, Tina Fey. I mean, Sarah Palin. Okay, (laughs) so and she is looking very gaunt these days. Is she sick? Do you think she got the COVID-19 HIV AIDS thing or no? I don't know. She probably didn't take the shot. Knowing Sarah Palin, she probably did not take the shot. I don't I don't got any information on that either. But she doesn't seem like the kind that would take a jab. For a flu that probably hits Alaska worse than any other state in the union. But anyways, this is what President Trump had to say about Sarah Palin. Wonderful, uh, wonderful patriot Sarah Palin of Alaska just announced that she is running for Congress. And that means there will be a true America first fighter. Now, just so you guys know, Sarah Palin has nothing to do with Nick Fuentes and his America first. Okay, President Trump's America first, ladies and gentlemen, just so just in case you hear other things, you're not confused. Okay, so uh, as President Trump is saying, Sarah Palin, well, she's not a white male, so he might not accept her into his America First, right? His version of it. Anyways, okay. So that means there will be a true America First fighter on the ballot to replace the late and legendary Congressman Don Young. Do you guys know Don Young? I don't know Don Young. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know if he was great or if he was legendary or just legs and hairy. Oh, I stole that joke. It wasn't that funny. Anyways, okay. Um, Sarah shocked many when she endorsed me very early in 2016 and we won big. Now it's my turn. Uh, 
Sarah has been a champion for Alaska values, Alaska energy, Alaska jobs, and the great people of Alaska. Yes, Alaska, Special Patriot 72, Alaska. Did I say Alabama? Anyways, she was one of the most popular governors because she stood up to corruption in both state government and the fake news media. Sarah lifted the McCain presidential campaign out of the dumps. <laughs> Isn't it funny that I said that I thought she was just there to pick up John McCain's poopy pants? Anyways, okay. Uh, despite the fact that she had to endure some very evil, stupid, and jealous people within the campaign itself, they were out to destroy her, but she did not let that happen. Sarah Palin is tough and smart and will never back down, and I am proud to give her my complete and total endorsement and encourage all Republicans to unite behind this wonderful person and her campaign to put America first, ladies and gentlemen. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is President Trump's endorsement of Sarah Palin. And, uh, well, we'll see where that goes, ladies and gentlemen. You know, and the thing about it is I, I probably would put my faith in her, even though she was uh, surrounded by a, a lot of uh, the fog of the fog of uh, campaign trials, ladies and gentlemen, and scandalo as well. Um, how's it going, Slug Trail? Good evening. Slug Trail says, what's up, sea peeps? No Terramar underwater submarine yachts tonight? Oh, we'll be talking about Ghislaine Maxwell a little bit later on in tonight's show, Mr. Slug or Mrs. Slug Trail, whichever gender you might happen to be. Uh, I know you're one of two because you're in the audience over at the foxhole.app. I know you're not like a non-gender or like a third or fourth or fifth or tenth gender removed kind of individual. But I can never tell, you know, with uh, with anonymous um, avatars and screen names. But uh, anyways, however you cho you choose to identify yourself, Slug Trail, I probably won't forget if it is confirmed to me. But no, we're not going to be talking about the Terramar underwater submarine yachts today. But thank you for injecting that thought into tonight's show. We covered that uh, in the um, uh, documentaries we aired uh, earlier today and uh, last night here at Mr. CTV. Again, check it out. It's called uh, it's called Just the Tip. Uh, and, and I'm not and I am not by any means being facetious or sarcastic when I say this, but uh, it is recommended that you maybe... Um, Say a prayer before you watch that documentary, ladies and gentlemen, because it's uh, it's pretty heavy. But anyways, yeah, no, uh, we'll, we'll we'll we usually dig into those topics, Slug Trail, uh, as the one you mentioned. Usually we do those at the Mr. C in the Dark shows. Um, in case this is the first time you've seen the C report on a Monday through Friday, we we do strictly headlines and current events for a minimum of two hours here at the C report. Uh, but you can always uh, favorite the show, follow it, and uh, you know, uh, tune in anytime that we are talking about a topic that strikes your fancy. It happens, ladies and gentlemen. 
What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com. That's www.thecreport.com. And be sure to follow us on our social medias Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pill.net. Okay, all right, so let's continue on uh, with tonight's show. As, as Microwave Marge would say, the show must go on, ladies and gentlemen. The show must go on. Mm hmm. <laughs> The show must go on. Ah, so who's this, ladies and gentlemen? Well, this, ladies and gentlemen, is, um, uh, who is this? <laughs> oh, oh, this is, uh, this is, okay, okay, so this is one of those gotcha moments, ladies and gentlemen. One of those gotcha moments that, uh, we want to talk about. This is, uh, this is, uh, Rep- John Boozman, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you know, we've been covering a lot of, uh, yeah, you know, I, thanks a lot. You know, I said we're not talking about, uh, submarine lots and I lost half my audience. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Just to clarify, you're not talking about child uh, pornography and uh, pedophilia and pedowood tonight. Oh, see ya. Anyways, okay. So uh, John Boozman, John Boozman um, is a Republican, or so someone would think, right? Well, okay, he might be a Republican in name only, granted. He might be a Republican in name only, granted. But, ladies and gentlemen... Just like we're seeing right here and now that we have rhinos uh, in our midst, okay? Probably a whole lot more rhinos than we would have thought, ladies and gentlemen. Because, you know, we, I think, as a species are more inclined to have faith in the goodwill and integrity of our fellow human beings. Maybe not all of us. Some of us think that humans are trash and they can't be trusted and this world is doomed to Armageddon, but not all of us think like that, okay? Not all of us think like that, you know? Some of us, some of us are um, optimistic, okay, regardless of the trials and tribulations that we face in our lives personally or that we see happening around us, okay? So John, and the reason why I'm saying this is because we're talking about the rhinos, okay? We are talking about the rhinos, So, yes, it's rhino hunting season, ladies and gentlemen. That is the point I've so uneloquently been trying to make the last three minutes. Okay, now John Boozman is a Trump-endorsed Republican out of Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. So, it seems like the rhinos... The Republicans and names only, the pseudo-conservatives, the uh, pretend America first politicians are starting to see their day coming. Now, the reason why I say that is take, for example, Mo Brooks of Alabama. 
We've done talked about Mo Brooks. We all know about Mo Brooks, and uh, we all know what happened to him. Well, he lost the favor of President Donald Trump and his endorsement, President Trump's endorsement, was rescinded because it seems to Mo Brooks that uh, people in the Republican Party, yeah, screw the Republican Party. Concerned Americans should not even think about 2020 anymore and the general elections that were stolen and rife with fraud, but that we should look forward. Ah, 2022 is, uh, 2020's over. It's time that we look forward. Don't hold on to the past. That's too much to ask, says Mo Brooks in, in, in the tune of Madonna, right? And, uh, that's a problem. That's a problem, Mo Brooks, because how can we look to the future if our past is corrupt? I mean, that would stand to reason that our future would be corrupted as well if we didn't take care of it, if we didn't fix it, etc. You know, my audience generally knows exactly my sentiments when we talk about this. So some new video came out of this. John uh, Boozer, not Boozer, Boozer was the, Boozer was the last guy, okay? <laughs> booze men, okay? Why is it that everyone tonight in my report has booze in their name? Okay, so John Boozman of Arkansas. Uh, let's, get, let's get this video up here so you guys can see what I'm talking about. Now, uh, again, this is done in uh, hidden camera type of conversation, but John Boozman of Arkansas, elected official, Republican, Trump-endorsed, right, conservative, is caught on camera having some words about the 2020 general election, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, it's rhino hunting season, ladies and gentlemen. This is the time that the politicians need to learn that they cannot get away with the same old, same old that they used to be able to get away with back in the day. Because let's not forget, there is a more awake, more cognizant, more accountable, and more active constituency in this country of concerned Americans. And we will hold them accountable. No time in history has been like this time in history, particularly if you're a politician. Think about all of the Democrats that are not coming back, who are either retiring or they are not going up for re-election. Think about some of the Republicans. Why do you think that's the case? Do you think it's because aside from whatever sins they might have committed that they might be being held accountable for, that it's because they recognize that a day of recognition is upon them, that they can no longer utilize and exploit their positions as they have in the past? I mean, at this point, the ones who are still doing that are the ones who've been there for a lifetime and feel they have nothing to lose or they have everything to lose. So they're doubling and tripling down. We're talking about Pelosi, Nadler, uh, you know, um, all of them, all of them. You know, all the lifetimers. I don't need to name all of them. Uh, Waters, you know, all of them. So uh, let's take, let's take a sneak a peek over here at Mr. Boozman. So we don't have to continue looking at his crotch. 
Uh, for those of you on the podcast, when you get to see this video, you'll, well, yeah, I can't help that the person undercover is filming his crotch, okay? But uh, let's go ahead and get that rolling for you guys. It's a four-minute clip of this uh, uh, rhino, and I'm going to call him a rhino now. And you'll see why in a minute while I'm calling him that. And uh, you guys get your take on it. As far as the legitimacy, I believe strongly that once the state certifies, even if they're in each state, yeah. once they're certified, Okay. Yeah. Uh, unless, you know, something blatant comes up. Right. But we had a situation where the Republican Justice Department, you know, and the Attorney General said, it's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But once you certify and you go forward, mm -hmm. you know, at that point, it's, it's over. Right. I would, yeah, I would agree with you. And like, See, I'm actually, my family is kind of like the opposite side. I'm from like a really diehard Republican family that's like... Yeah, the... Well, I'm saying like... Yeah, like they take the, it. They take it. That, now, if you, and it's always been that way. You go mm -hmm. back to the 1870s after the Civil War, you had a situation where the state itself didn't agree. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So you had different electors. But once the state agrees that, hey, this is, mm -hmm. this is the results, we're going through it, we have to let it go. This deal mm -hmm. about Mike Pence and everything. Yeah, yeah I would agree. That was, absolutely that was something that, that was just, Mike Pence is a great man. Mike Pence is a wonderful person. He's in my class. Oh, really? Very, very well. That's awesome. And, uh, in fact, we were together, you know, right before that whole thing started. Mm -hmm. And uh, I told him we were going to play some golf. And he, <laughs> and he said, well, I've got plenty of time to play. <laughs> but, you know, if you've That's got awesome. a situation where somehow the vice president, they'd never leave office. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, it's just it's so, I, so I think once they certify constitutional that's the way it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's Tom Cotton's opinion. Mm -hmm. Of course. There's definitely a, yes. a certified Republican. Right. And it's, opinion. And it truly is a constitutional style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's putting power in the hands of the people you elect. And that's the way it should be. Like you should trust them. Exactly. So the other thing too is that that uh, what we don't want, which Republicans have blocked, is federalizing elections. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What they were trying to do, what they're trying to do now with yeah. the blockage, is essentially make all of those things legal. Same day, same day voting, no voter register, no voter uh, ID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's crazy. It's like harvesting, you go right. to rest, rest homes and you, you know, have them fill out a bunch of absentee ballots and you look at them and decide which ones you're going to turn in. Yeah. And, yeah. So those are bad. Yeah, I, I don't know. Being able to block all that stuff. Yeah. That's, that was, do you think some of that may have gone on a little bit in the 2020 election? I or do think you? it probably did. Yeah. I think it does a little bit in every election. Yeah. yeah. I think with COVID more so. But I've not seen, and again, this might change tomorrow, but I haven't mm -hmm. seen anyone come forward. Kind of like in when we had the deal with Florida with Bush. 
Mm -hmm. No, the recount says nobody ever proved that 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 wasn't a good count. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but with this deal, I mean, nobody's shown anything like that. You know, there's enough, if there was a regular, there's enough of that, there's a chance of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, so, so. yeah, and I like, I know that Trump keeps pushing for it, but it's kind of like, at the end of the day, you gotta, you gotta get over it. <laughs> so it's, yeah. And I, you know, I don't blame him in the sense that, you know, we hear this, that, you know, out of Trump, this is a guy that during his entire presidency had a, a situation where the Democrats were doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. you know, they declared him a legitimate. Right. Exactly. exactly. And actually, the thing to watch as you go forward is this investigation that um, the guy's doing uh, a special prosecutor. Mm -hmm. you know, what all went on regarding the FBI and all the Russia collusion stuff yeah. that they made up. And, yeah. So it works both ways. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. We really do need to go. But thank you. Thank you so much. It was no, so nice to meet you. My dad will be very happy to see this video. My dad will be very happy to see this video. Uh-huh. Lady, girl, whatever. I mean, you know, I don't know. Do you think she was, like, kind of deferring her point uh, just to keep the man talking, right? She's like, I mean, you know, I mean, I understand why President Trump feels that way, but at the end of the day, you got to get over it. Okay, whatever. Okay, so anyways, in case you guys couldn't hear all of what uh, Mr. Boozman was talking about, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll um, reiterate some of uh, what he was saying here. But like I said, you're, now you have an Arkansas elected official being questioned, who has, again, as I said, received an endorsement from President Trump. Looks like we might be up for another rescinding here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's rehash some of what he was saying in case you guys couldn't hear what he was saying. Because uh, he was speaking rather low. Uh, but but what it's clear, you know how they say that they have... Uh, they have like, um, you know, uh, John McCain Republicans. They have George Bush Republicans. You know, clearly Boozman is a Pence Republican. That's the kind of Republican that he is. Uh, does that mean that he does the same things behind closed doors that Pence does with children? I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know, but it's uh, interesting to say such things, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so uh, we'll go through this just because he spoke so low. I don't know if you all were able to uh, to to hear all of that. Uh, this article exclusively from the Gateway Pundit. <clears throat> um, let's see here. It says that uh, they got this footage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he was asked what his thoughts on the legitimacy of the 2020 election was. Uh, and Senator Boozman responded... Uh, that as far as the legitimacy, he believed strongly that once the states certify, um, once they act independently to certify that it's over. So that's what that's what uh, that's what um, uh, president uh, president. That's what Senator Boozman had said. Uh, he says, you know, each state, he says, unless something blatant comes up. But we had a situation with a Republican Justice Department 
And the attorney general said, it's okay. We looked at these things, but once you certify them and go forward, then at that point it's over. Um, he also said, <clears throat> once the state agrees that, hey, this is, this is the results, we're going forward, then you have to let it go. This deal about Mike Pence being able to, that was absolutely nuts. That was just, you know, if you've got a situation where somehow the vice president can, they'd never leave office. You know, it's just, it's crazy. So I think once they certify constitutionally, that's where it ends. And that's Tom Cotton's opinion. Now, how do you guys feel about that, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, I know that um, Tom Cotton is a favorite of uh, many um, America First um, concerned Americans, right? You know, I, I like the work that he's done as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've, I've heard, I've read some things about Tom Cotton as well regarding child trafficking institutions. And I've kind of shared some of that with information with you guys, but I don't know. Uh, we're just a three ring here over at the C report in case you couldn't tell, right? Okay. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, so there was that, that that's kind of the gist of what Boozman had said. Um, uh, to reiterate right here, it says, uh, Boozman says, I've not seen, and again, this might change tomorrow, but I've not seen anyone come forward kind of like in when we had the deal in Florida with Bush and, you know, the recount there, nobody ever proved that, that, that wasn't a good count. Uh, but with this deal, I mean, nobody's shown anything to prove that, you know, there's enough. If there was irregulation, nothing really in this last election would have changed it in the States. Okay. So, uh, let's see, we're going to get to the meat of what I wanted to share with this from this article <clears throat> that I found more of a more of a justification in case some of us are not familiar with Senator Boozman. Um, th th that is this. Senator Boozman has previously praised Liz Cheney's impeachment vote, calling it a vote of conscience and said that she should not be punished because she was doing what she thought was the right thing. He recently criticized the RNC for censoring Cheney and Representative Adam Kinsinger. Mm -hmm. uh, the Rhino Senator has also said there was no question President Trump should be blamed for the January 6th event and indicated that President Trump should be charged in a criminal or civil court. Definitely a big time rhino here. This Senator John Boozman is, if you ask me, I'm pretty sure you guys could agree with that. Senator Boozman was a strong supporter of the Russia investigation. In 2018, he attacked President Trump for calling it a witch hunt and said he wanted a very thorough investigation. When the special counsel was initially assigned, Boozman called Mueller a great choice and was incredibly supportive of this investigation. So I would definitely say this is a Pence Republican. This is a Republican in name only. Of course, we know the Republican Party 95% is trash, right? 
And the only reason why America First constitutionalists run under the Republican Party uh, banner is because in the two-party system, we would have to co-opt the Republican Party to get our point across. So, with that said, we'll finish this article. In 2019, uh, Bozeman indicated support for subpoenaing Donald Trump Jr. Trump endorsed Bozeman, likely at the urging of GOP leadership. Perhaps uh, it is time for him to question the person giving him this advice. So uh, I'm not going to read President Trump's endorsement, previous endorsement of uh, Senator Boozman. We probably read it here on the C-Report when it first came out. And shame on us for not doing our research, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, well, there you go. At least we have the light shining down, and now you've got words from his mouth in regards to how he feels about the entire scenario, which means that Say the people of Arkansas were to get something going with uh, 2020 fraudulent election uh, investigations, decertification. That there's a strong bet that a senator like Senator Boozman and even Senator uh, Tom Cotton would not support decertification. They kind of smell like Robin Voss to me, ladies and gentlemen. They probably smell like Robin Voss, ladies and gentlemen. But as long as we're on the roll of Republican or Trump-supporting Republicans denying anything about President Trump's uh, um, theft, theft, the theft of the inaugural of the election from President Trump, I've said many times here on the C Report, and I'm sure some of you guys remember. Uh, that uh, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, I love saying that name, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. Oh, Ron Johnson. (laughs) Oh, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. That he has also said that the 2020 election was not stolen, okay? And uh, we covered this many months ago here at the Sea Report. But in 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 the uh, in the in the light of this uh, newfound uh, hidden camera footage of uh, Senator Boozman, um, I figured I would dig this up for you guys so you can see I'm not crazy, and that indeed Senator Ron Johnson did say these things. In case you weren't with us back then, well, we'll play that for you guys now. So you can see I'm not just speaking out of my tuchus. But Ron Johnson, and I liked Ron Johnson. I liked Tom Cotton, you know, but if they got to go, they got to go. Okay, we can't we can't be hung up on these people for doing so good when it comes down to the uh, foundational type of things like our vote and how sacred it is. And, and, and particularly if we believe in uh, the holy words of 2020 and forward will be secure, where does that come from? Okay. Because what Boozman and Ron Johnson are saying, it flies in direct conflict with what Q said. And uh, for some people, Q is more sacred 
than a, uh, um, a, a Republican senator or a congressman who will do their job, right? Go figure. But, uh, well, you know, I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just saying. So uh, here is Senator Ron Johnson talking about the 2020 general election theft in Wisconsin on hidden camera. Uh, enjoy. You know, you know that Joe Biden didn't win this election. I mean, in my heart of hearts, I, I just... Yeah. So t- t- he didn't win. T- t- do you know the... Do you, know do you the, think that Joe Biden did, was did, did you know the, in Wisconsin, do you know the vote totals? I don't, no. I, so without knowing the vote totals, you, you can't even state that opinion. I just really need all the small chatter. Just well, I mean... You, 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 I no, 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 so let me give you the vote totals. I know that there was a, a, a late night dump in Milwaukee of vote dump. I don't remember exactly what the numbers were. We've done a recount in Milwaukee. Prior to, prior to this election, I was the number one vote getter statewide with just under 1.5 million votes, okay? This election, Trump got a million six ten. No Republican has ever cracked 1.5 million. Numerous Democrats have gone over 1.6 and 1.5. So now for the first time in history, we have a president's candidate beating my vote total by 130,000 votes. Collectively... The state assembly candidates and the just just Republican state assembly candidates got a a million six sixty one. The eight congressional candidates also got a million six sixty one. So we obviously counted enough Republican votes. The only reason reason Trump lost Wisconsin is fifty one thousand Republican voters didn't vote for him. They voted for other Republican candidates. But you're telling me that Joe Biden won the state fair and square? Because I don't see it. I don't believe it. Look at the totals. Plausible. There's, no, there's nothing obviously, there's nothing obviously skewed about the results. There isn't. Nothing skewed about the results. About the results in Wisconsin. Now, I'm not saying what's happening in Fairfax County. I don't know what's saying. Look at the number again. Collect, collectively. Collect- Come on. Wisconsin and Georgia and Arizona. Listen, listen. You're not, you're not listening. So listen. Collectively, Republicans got 1.661 million votes. 51,000 more votes than Trump got. Trump lost by 20,000. And Trump got all, the, got all the Republicans voted for Trump the way they voted for the Assembly candidates. He didn't, he didn't get 51,000 votes that other Republicans got. That's why he lost. Okay, 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 guys. So you see right there. Now, maybe calling him a rhino is a little bit too harsh. Okay, I don't know. Do you think it's a little bit too harsh? Uh, He said 51,000 Republicans did not vote for Trump. And that's the reason why there was no fraud in Wisconsin. No fraud that they could find. There was nothing skewered about the vote. I wonder how he feels now that Michael Gableman has released his Zuckerberg uh, um, uh, bribery uh, um, uh, report and uh, his report on all of the ballot um, harvesting that took place uh, with exploited um, residences of nursing homes and rehabilitation centers. And I wonder how he feels now that True the Vote has gone in and um, uncovered ballot trafficking in Wisconsin. But you know what? If Senator Ron Johnson had any sense of cognizance 
about, oh, I don't know, the count stopping at a certain hour and, oh, I don't know, about 100 to 200,000 plus ballots being dropped in the name of Joe Biden in the middle of the night. If he was cognizant about any of that at all, if he cared about what his constituents said, he would not be saying what he said. In fact, I'm willing to bet that the reason why Senator Ron Johnson could so boldly make those statements, and Ron Johnson tried to say, well, it was a hidden camera gotcha moment, so I lied to her. Bull! If you don't know you're on camera, you're going to say what you believe. You're not going to play your little horse and pony show politician game, Mr. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. You're not. And I applaud this man for his efforts in fighting COVID-19 mandates and for bringing the truth about uh, the vaccines to the forefront in Wisconsin and on a national stage. I applaud this man because he has done a lot of good work. But when we're talking about mandates versus my sacred right to vote, which is representative of my freedom, and I stand to lose it because this man can't get off his butt and look a little bit deeper into all of the things that his constituents are sharing with him. And then just by saying, well, look, collectively, there were uh, 166 million Republican votes. 51,000 of that 166 went to other Republican candidates. Trump lost by 20. So if at least 21,000 of those 51,000 votes had gone to Trump from other Republicans, then he would have beaten Biden by 1,000. It's a logic that is so sound that this sorry, lazy sap does not have to even attempt to to fly in the face of other allegations of fraud in Wisconsin, okay? So, with that said, and to be fair, uh, I'm going to play one more clip of Mr. Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, undercover, just so you guys can see what else he had to say while he was on camera, okay? So just to be fair, I'll play this clip for you guys. We just wanted to talk to you about the audit. Like, are, you, are you supporting doing an audit? Yeah, I'm, I'm the only guy who had a hearing on the irregularities, which is great. So, but, but, but also understand, you know, I come from the accounting world. An audit is what is what you define as to be. I mean, people think there's some magic thing called a forensic audit. Uh, in my mind, I, I, I know. Okay, already I'm disgusted, okay? First thing he says is, I'm the only guy that's had any kind of investigation into erection irregularities in 2020. At the time of this, that might have been true, okay? Representative Rantham and Representative Brangen were have been on this case for some time. It's only been two years, guys. Just, it hasn't even been two years. It's been about two years, Okay. Then the next thing he says is, I come from the accounting world. I mean, people think, people think there's some magic thing called a forensic audit. An audit is what you define it to be. Well, let me tell you what, e- ESNS and, or sorry, the EAC, the Election Administration Assistance Co- um, Commission up in the federal side, they understand that. The EAC understands that an audit is what you define it to be, Okay. He says that with a smile. Mm-hmm. But then he totally downplays, diminishes the forensic audit. Okay. Now, if Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin knew anything about the forensic audit that they did in uh, Arizona and Maricopa County, he would know 
that it is the most thorough investigation into any election ever done. Why don't you try putting on a full forensic audit? Or or are you just downplaying the full forensic audit because you don't have time to do that yourself? You don't have the uh, wherewithal to do that and you don't have the love for your country and the responsibility to your constituents to do it, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. Is that why you want to downplay the forensic audit? Because you don't want that coming to your backyard. How do you think? I wonder how he feels. I wish someone was someone with clout would get this man on the phone, get him on an interview and hold him to this. Hold him to every single word that he said, just so we can clarify whether or not this man is truly a rhino. Okay. I'm just saying now I cut into this because I just couldn't, but now I will. Here we go. What things I would concentrate on. I'll tell you, the last thing I would really focus on would be the machines. Because we have, you know, we have paper ballots, we have the, the machine clogs, we've got the machine tools. We, we should be focusing on that. And then we should be focusing on the Election Commission, the balloting in the park, the securing the ballots, what Zuckerberg did, central crowning in Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we need to concentrate on. I, I really do think too much concentrating on the machines. I've, I've talked to the media. I've talked about this and, and I've asked, I've also talked to the city halls and the Russ Ramblins. I've, I've met with those guys. We just wanted to talk to you about the audience. Okay, so I wanted to show you guys this clip also because, to be fair, you know, uh, he does say there's too much focusing on the machines understandable. But, you know, isn't it funny how he decries everything, he poo-poos it, and then he gives them the exact laundry list of what it is that Michael Gableman put into his report. Look at what Zuckerberg did. Look at the ballot drop. Look at the the ballot in the parking lots. Look at the ballot in the parks. All this stuff. He named every single thing, but yet he said that there was nothing skewered about the 2020 uh, vote in Wisconsin. Did, did he just say that initial comment just to, to appease a constituent? Not really, because after all, this woman came up to him and approached him saying that she thinks that Biden uh, won this election unfairly. So I don't know. I'm, I'm tired of these politicians that mince their words like that, guys. I'm pretty sure you guys are as well. All right. I'm pretty sure you guys are as well. But uh, since we're since we are addressing the spirit of fairness, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I need to take a moment here uh, to talk about this representative from Texas. Uh, For those of you who know this man and recognize him, this is Chip Roy. Uh, I think he represents District 21 here in Texas. It's a a pretty big district, guys, that Chip Roy represents. But uh, since we're exposing these rhinos, these Republicans, these uh, people who supposedly support Trump for what it is that they say uh, behind closed doors or on hidden camera or, or the lies that they share or, you know, the, uh, the theories that they uh, push or, or don't otherwise speaking. Uh, when it comes to Chip Roy, I've taken a very hard stance against this man. OK, uh, and I'll show you why. Now, uh, what I'm showing you guys now is uh, actually a little like um, graphic that I created of Chip Roy based on a statement that I had read in an article from a Texas paper. 
Uh, now, this had to do with um, the time when the Democrats fled from Texas, right? So this way they wouldn't have to pass legislation. Now, Chip Roy in this article is quoted as saying this. And let me expand that on the screen for you. Uh, Chip Roy is quoted as saying, For the record, the representatives from Texas believe that they should have to defer to Washington, defer to the federal government on what we should do for elections in the state of Texas. Okay? So, having read that statement by Chip Roy with no other context, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be quite honest with you. I took up a very hard stance against this man, and I believed that Chip Roy was declaring that Texas representatives should defer to Washington and that this was part of his belief. Ladies and gentlemen, okay? So since we were doing this, I, and I need to just take this moment and, and I doubt that Chip Roy will ever see this broadcast, uh, but, uh, but to Chip Roy, I do apologize, okay? Uh, because that statement was uh, printed in a publication without context, and uh, I needed to do a little bit more digging into the subject. So I apologize to Chip Roy. This is a statement out of context. And I apologize to the uh, constituents of Texas who are in his district and anyone who might have uh, felt otherwise about my sentiments, personally speaking. But I, you know, um, well, I mean, the man, the man did not say exactly just that. Um, so I'm just taking a moment since we're talking about... Uh, representatives who have made statements, misstatements, or undeclared statements about the 2020 election. This is really what was said. It took a minute of digging to find this, guys. It was buried in a hearing, uh, so I had to go to C-SPAN. But I wanted to share with you guys the context of what he was saying when he made that statement. Um, and again, it was my mistake on that statement, ladies and gentlemen. And again, I do apologize. I make mistakes here also, guys, but I also try and correct those mistakes when I can. Obviously, my statements and sentiments did not cost the man the primaries because he did win in the primaries, right? <laughs> Thank God, okay? <laughs> it's not like General West, you know? He didn't come on my show and look at what happened, right? Anyways, okay, uh, let, me, let me play this, guys, for you real quick, and then we'll move on to some more stories. We got about maybe two more stories before we wrap up the night, guys. Thanks for hanging out with the, get us again tonight. Chipmunk45, thank you for gifting the can again, and uh, WC Cranop, I appreciate you also tossing the can this way. Kudos from uh, Kudos FMJ. Uh, what's that in reference to? Ah, WC Cranop says, uh, FMJ762 uh, by 39 says, hello, just got off the phone with him. Much love. Keep up the good work. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, I, I, sorry, that's about, uh, I'm about 20 minutes behind on that, but, uh, uh, thanks for the heads up on that. And then also, uh, you know, FMJ, uh, seven, 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 736 by 29 weighs at 762 by 39. Hey, if you're out there watching, hope you're having a good night tonight, friend. All right, so uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So here's the clip that we got from Chip Roy. I'm going to play this for you guys real quick. This is in context what he actually said. Statement I put in that uh, graphic is also included. Do you believe that Texas should have to submit to the Department of Justice for any changes that it makes in its voting uh, laws or formulas? Yes. Uh, Ms. Collier, or Representative Collier. 
the historical nature of Texas uh, Just yes or no, do you think Texas's election that. law should have to submit to the Department of Justice for preclearance? Not only for that, for maps as well. Uh, and Representative Thompson, do you believe that they should have to submit to the Department of Justice for preclearance? Yes. So to, to, for the record, uh, my, the representatives from Texas believe that they should have to defer to Washington, defer to the federal government on what we should do for election laws in the state of Texas. Um, now, are all, each the three of you are aware that you are, in fact, violating Texas law by being here right now instead of being in Texas during the legislative session? And that the, uh, uh, it would be in order to arrest you were you in the state of Texas to get you back to the state house. We agree that those are the facts. Representative Bernal? I'm not sure those laws are constitutional. But is that the law in the state of Texas? We can argue the constitutionality. I don't think so. I think the law, the law of the state of Texas is that you're supposed to be in session and that you're supposed to be there carrying out your constitutional duty. All right, cool. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Now that we've got that clarified, I've got that off my conscience, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, well, it was only fair that I uh, shared that with you guys. So because, I mean, like I said, you know, you read it, you read a dozen articles a day on any given topic. And you've already done a dozen articles worth of research to dig a little bit deeper, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let's talk about a, uh, a truly known rhino. I'm pretty sure I got this one right. OK, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think I got this one wrong when we're talking about Robin Voss. That is the Rhino Speaker of the House for the state of Wisconsin. Now, uh, uh, this guy, okay, I think I've said enough about this guy, right? We already know this guy's a Rhino. We already know that he's, uh, he's worked to get ballot drop boxes dropped off in every state in this nation, okay? Showed you the documents, showed you the paper. We already showed you how he was working with Senator Bernier there in Wisconsin to sneak in legislation into uh, like a Monday bill or a Friday, pardon me, a Friday bill when everyone wants to just go home and get it over with that would fortify drop boxes being used or ballot drop boxes being used in elections, even though the judges in the Supreme Court already ruled in the state of Wisconsin that it was unconstitutional. Okay. Um, there's been no shortcoming of, uh, of, uh, constitutionality. I should say no shortcoming of a lack of constitutionality when it comes to Robin Voss. I mean, uh, the man has already said that there's no way that they're going to decertify the elections in Wisconsin. He is a Paul Ryan rhino, okay, a Paul Ryan Republican, right? They all have their, they all follow suit behind their own personal leaders or whatever. Um, so uh, let's see here. Some bad news for Robin Voss, or really, I guess we'd have to see where this adds up to. News for elections coming out of Wisconsin. Uh, the GOP officials in more than half of the Wisconsin counties are calling for the decertification of the state's 2020 election results. Now, when you're a speaker of the House, how do you argue with that, ladies and gentlemen? How do you argue with that? Map shown here, 37 counties demanding certification, decertification that is equivalent to 51% of all the counties in the state of Wisconsin. And here we have uh, Monroe County 
have uh, have um, settled on a vote of no confidence. So they're not calling they're not calling for decertification in Monroe, but they are saying that they have no confidence in those elections. Right. And let's take a look at the article. It says uh, now the GOP voters in more than half of the counties in Wisconsin are calling for the decertification of the 2020 election results in Wisconsin. Uh, it says it is official. The GOP voters in Wisconsin for more than half of the state are calling for the decertification of the 2020 election results in the state. This news was passed around on social media this weekend. The people in Wisconsin are like those across the nation who are livid because of the obviously tainted results that were certified for President-select Joe Biden in the 2020 election. And numerous fraudulent activities um, have been uncovered to date and the number keeps growing and growing, as does the number of individuals who are calling for decertification. A recap of uh, Supreme Court Justice Gableman, former retired uh, in the state of Wisconsin, his report called for the decertification of the state's results from the 2020 election in March after months of investigative work. This was not taken lightly based on Gableman's background and professionalism throughout his career. The only reason the 2020 results in Wisconsin have not been decertified is because GOP Rhino, Speaker of the House, Robin Voss, does not want to decertify. Voss has been obstinate, and I guess Senator Ron Johnson would back him up, right? Has been obstinate since November 3rd, 2020 to prevent any efforts to overturn the election of Biden. Voss was also instrumental in agreeing to, to voter drop boxes being insert around the state during the 2020 election and around the country as well, and around the country, in spite of these being unconstitutional. Voss actually supported the effort across the country. Oh, see, I was right. Voss actually supported the effort across the country rather than address the obvious election fraud in the state in 2020. Voss has done all he can to cover it up. Another article that piggybacks on this one, Wisconsin Congressional District 6 GOP event participants vote to decertify the 2020 election results and for Speaker Robin Voss to resign. So really, this is like, I don't know, the dozenth the dozenth uh, uh, district or precinct or or county to vote for Robin Voss to resign. I mean, he's had several GOP um, um, uh, heads, parties, groups within the state vote for him to resign. So uh, Robin Voss is in trouble. Okay, uh, let's see what this article has to say. It goes this way. Uh, the GOP and Congressional District 6 in Wisconsin voted to decertify the 2020 election results in the state and for Speaker Robert, Robin Voss to resign from his position or to be removed. Okay. Uh, it says the uh, GOP members discussed a few key items. One action taken by the group was to vote on whether Speaker Voss should resign or be removed from office across the state. We have now seen similar actions. The GOP Congressional District 6 shared their comparisons to 1776 and what is going on today in the United States. One document shared referred to text in the Declaration of the Independence of the Independence of Independence. 
Um, I'll, I'll read to you guys one of the um, underlined uh, sentences here. It says, uh, and this is from uh, the Declaration of Independence. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object invinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Now think about what that says if you haven't... uh, read the, uh, you know, if you hadn't read the Declaration of Independence in some time, but uh, it says, a long train of abuses, usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object. This is something that we've been experiencing for longer than the 2020 elections. This is something that we were starting to get liberated from in 2016, all the way through 2020. Okay, this is something that patriots, that concerned Americans, that people whom have been awake to the loss of our liberties and our God-given freedoms have been experiencing for quite some time. But the next section of this sentence reads that this objective evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. What are we facing right now with our ruling tyrannical elite cartoonishly telling homeless people to go home, right? Blaming, blaming inflation on a war that just started a month ago, right? Okay. Total despotism, right? Total lack of respect for constituents, for the people for humanity, that it is our right, it is our duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for our future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these states, ladies and gentlemen, and such as now the necessity which constrains us to alter this former system of government. That's the next sentence in this Declaration of Independence. Except they said colonies, not states. Okay. But we're here. 1776. The, uh... Was it this great enlightenment that, that happened at the same time, in case you guys weren't aware? The great, this, this, uh, this enlightenment era that people talk about in Europe happened in the same time that America was founded. It's the same energy all over again, guys. Right now. We're living in it. Right now. As much as we are living in history. 
So, uh, well, there you go. I mean, the rest of this document here, whereas in 2020, the clear and plain language of multiple election laws in Wisconsin was intentionally violated by the Wisconsin Election Commission. And whereas with the full knowledge and consent of the Wisconsin Election Commission, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss and Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald agreed to the illegal use of indefinitely confined status and allowed over 500 illegally placed absentee ballot drop boxes around the state of Wisconsin. Whereas, although the Wisconsin federal judge has ruled drop boxes in violation of Wisconsin state statutes, Assembly Robin Voss, um, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, has continued to promote and push legislation allowing these drop boxes. They want him to resign or to be removed, ladies and gentlemen. So the res, uh, let's get back to this here. The resolution for Voss to resign was passed by ninety-three percent of those present at the event. Here's some more of those resolutions that they were speaking about. I read, I read, read off a few of them to you guys. In addition, the Congressional District uh, 6 GOP voted to decertify the 2020 election with 93% of those present voting for this resolution as well. This is in line with the numerous counties in the state that have voted for the same. That have voted for the same. To be fair, though, ladies and gentlemen... I got one last article to share with you guys about Robin Voss. And uh, then we're going to move on to our final two stories for tonight, guys. And I will bid you all adieu until manana. Uh, but we got Robin Voss suggests pulling back election review subpoenas to pave the way for prosecutions. Ooh, that sounds interesting. That sounds like maybe Robin Voss might actually be playing for the right team, right? Uh, this comes from the La Crosse Tribune. This is out of Wisconsin. And, uh, well, let's just see what it has to say. Okay, so just this way you guys can uh, get the context of this article. Michael Gableman, uh, former Supreme Court Justice of Wisconsin that delivered the Gableman report on March 1st, 2022, and shooketh the foundation of everything that these people are doing in Wisconsin... Um, he issued subpoenas to, uh, the chair of the Wisconsin election election commission and to the mayors of the town of the cities that accepted the Zuckerberg money. Most importantly, we're talking about the mayor of Green Bay and the mayor of Madison. Okay. Now he issued these subpoenas so that these individuals could come to his office and sit down for a conversation. They defied the subpoenas. They, including the state attorney general, fought to get these subpoenas quashed and to have an injunction against uh, Michael Gableman, okay, which they were not successful at, but at the same time, they still have not honored these subpoenas because the judge that ruled on these cases also said that, okay, yeah, you know, these subpoenas stand, but Michael Gableman, you can't do anything to enforce them. Okay, like what? So basically, they've still been able to defy these subpoenas. Michael Gableman, whose contract has been extended until the end of this month um, by House Speaker Robin Voss Rhino, uh, is still trying to, even though he's already delivered his report in, in flying glorious colors, 
uh, is still seeking the testimony of those whom he subpoenaed. So this article is saying that Robin Voss has suggested pulling back those subpoenas so that they could go forward with prosecution. Rhino Speaker Robin Voss, who does not want to decertify the 2020 election and who has been adamant about trying to get illegal unconstitutional ballot drop boxes permanent in his state, wants to pave the way for prosecution? Does that make sense? This is why I'm sharing this article with you guys. Let's see what it's got to say, ladies and gentlemen. It says here, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss said this week he might rescind subpoenas issued to mayors and election officials as part of the GOP-ordered review of the 2020 election, but only so that a Republican attorney general elected in November could file criminal charges. Okay, so, you know, a, a, a Republican attorney general, you see these people who write these articles that are shamestream, lamestream, fake news, okay? They're assuming that because they have a Republican attorney general that they're actually going to go forward with prosecuting these judges when the attorney general who was elected in November assisted in the uh, injunctions against these subpoenas does Lacrosse Tribune know what the hell they're talking about? Or they're just making, they're just, they're probably just playing party politics here, guys. They're probably just saying Robin Voss is a Republican. They don't know that these, uh, these rhinos exist, right? And so they're just, you know, they're just, they're just doing a party politics kind of like an article here. It's clearly what this is, guys. It's clearly what this is. Okay, it says, uh, speaking on WSAUAM on Tuesday, Voss of Rochester said he is looking into the possibility of withdrawing subpoenas issued over the last several months as part of former state Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman's review, which Voss has allocated $676,000 in taxpayers' money, which I might add, if anyone was paying attention to Michael Gableman's report, he has not even spent that entire amount on this investigation. Voss has already extended Gableman's contract through the end of April, but backing off on subpoenas could drastically shorten the ongoing review. Common mistakes made on Wisconsin absent ballot certificates. What is going on here? Okay, let me take this out of immersive because clearly this article is confused. Okay. Oh, I don't like this view, but it's whatever. Okay. Oh, I see. It was reading the text of this video. Anyways, okay. So it says here, uh, the one-party effort has missed previous deadlines due to multiple court challenges to the former justices' demand for a private for private meetings with mayors of the five state uh, the the state's five largest cities, as well as state election officials. Okay. Uh, it says here, Voss said his concern is that state law provides immunity from prosecution to anyone subpoenaed by the state legislature. So that makes sense. Voss says, if you're being subpoenaed, we can't prosecute because the subpoena gives you immunity from prosecution. 
So this is what Voss says. I am seriously considering pulling back the subpoenas because it makes no sense to give people immunity now that we see there is so much that has been found that a Republican attorney general could later prosecute. The question is, will he prosecute? Will he prosecute? Josh Call is the name of the attorney general who has abdicated his duty for the law in Wisconsin in regards to this issue. Just so you guys know, his name is Josh Call. All right. Voss did not provide specifics on what criminal charges could be pursued, and his office did not respond to a request for comment Tuesday. When reached by the Associated Press on Wednesday, Voss texted, have to wait and see, when asked if he was going to withdraw the subpoenas. A recount, court decision, and multiple reviews have affirmed, according to La Crosse Tribune, and their inability to do their own independent research affirmed that president-select defeated president-former Trump, Donald Trump, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, we don't, yeah, okay. So we, we already, I already told you guys, there is a standing order for anyone associated with lamestream, shamestream, legacy, fake news, mockingbird, propaganda, pedophile media. If you're gonna do an article about President Trump or the 2020 election, there is a standing order that you always put President Biden beat defeated President Trump beyond a shadow of a doubt, and there's no evidence of election fraud ever conjured up by some type of Republican mystic. There's a standing order. Like, if you're going to write a story about the 2020 election and you work with and are part of that apparatus, you have to put that in your article. You have to. Go back and read every article and uh, tell, me if you're, tell me if I'm wrong. It says, uh, okay, well, you know, uh, apparently Tim Rantham, he is running for governor. Tim Rantham is a representative of Wisconsin who has been very staunch, has stood in direct opposition to Robin Voss and has been a, uh, uh, an adamant supporter of decertification or into getting into what's going on in, uh, Wisconsin as per 2020. Uh, anyhow, it, it mentions him in the article here. Despite that, some Republicans, including gubernatorial candidate Representative Timothy Rantham, um, have called for the Republican-controlled legislature to pursue efforts to decertify the 2020 election results. Gableman has also suggested lawmakers consider doing so as well. Voss, who has also made unfounded claims that there was look at, Voss, who has also made unfounded claims that there was widespread fraud in the election. Don't you guys over at La Crosse Tribune get that Voss is on your side? Am I being too harsh? I don't think I'm being too harsh here. I ain't second guessing myself, but uh, I tend to think about redemption. You know, none of us are above redemption, just as none of us can cast a judgment. You know what I mean? That's why I could never be like, you know, uh, I could never be like a pundit on like a main type of like a, a huge thing because I can't be hard line, hard nose the whole way. Right. Because uh, we're all human here. I've got a million rafters in my eyes, so to speak. I'm no one to judge, you know, anyways, anyways. OK, I think I'm, I'm better at the lower levels. Just sticking to my uh, sticking to what my gut tells me. OK. Anyways, um, let's see. What did Robin Voss have to say here? 
Robin Voss said, I wanted Donald Trump to win as much as anyone in the state, but I also am not going to break the oath that I have to the Constitution. This is a load of bullcrap. I don't have the unilateral authority to put Donald Trump back in office. No, you don't. You can take care of your own state and let other states worry about their states, Mr. Voss. You know, if one state chose to decertify the election, guys, just, just say one state in the whole grand scheme of things for all the efforts that we have put into uh, election um, integrity and uncovering the fraud of 2020. If one state did that, Robin Voss, who the hell do you think you are that your state is going to unilaterally put Donald Trump back in office. Get real, okay? Get real. You're not responsible for America, even though you are responsible for getting drop boxes put in every state during the 2020 election. He thinks he's a lot more powerful than he really is, is what's going on here. The man's power tripping. He's ego tripping. He thinks that if he decertifies 2020, he is going to unilaterally put Donald Trump back in office? What a joke. You better check yourself because you're wrecking yourself, Mr. Robin Voss. It's a joke. Anyways, Voss goes on to say, no matter how much people yell or scream or pass resolutions or stomp their foot, not their feet, their foot, it does not matter about 2020 and having us with the ability to change the results. I mean, there you go, Lacrosse Tribune. I don't know why you're doing a hit piece on Robin Voss. He's clearly on your side. Clearly. District attorneys in three counties have already declined to file charges against members of the Wisconsin Election Commission after Racine County Sheriff Christopher Schmeling requested prosecution after the agency waived laws related to absentee voting in nursing homes in the 2020 election. Yep. District attorneys probably uh, whose campaigns were funded by George Soros. I mean, I get that George Soros is dead, but they're still using his name. They're still using him as the whipping boy. Okay. Gableman has also claimed 100% of nursing home residents in Dane and Milwaukee counties voted in 2020, insinuating that their votes were somehow cast fraudulently. A Wisconsin State Journal review found no evidence to corroborate that claim, finding only one Dane County nursing home where all 12 registered voters cast a ballot and 42% to 91% of registered voters in other facilities cast, uh, casted ballots. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener-supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash Report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. 
Show your support for The Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash The Sea Report. And thanks, y'all. This is total bullshit right here. This is fake news. I will go look up this Wisconsin State Journal crap, okay? Gableman has issued subpoenas to local and state election officials, the mayors of the state's five largest cities, and two companies that make vote counting systems, election systems, and software, and Dominion voting systems. Many of the subpoena parties have rejected Gableman's requests for in-person meetings or documents, while the former state Supreme Court justice has also withdrawn some requests, including one filed with immigrant rights group Voces de la Frontera. Gableman subpoenas have been met with a slew of legal challenges, with Democrat Attorney General Josh Call filing in a lawsuit in October challenging Gableman's authority to demand in-person interviews. Call has argued demanding private interviews outside a public setting as being legal. These guys need to get their story straight. I don't know what... They are turning me around, round, upside down, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways. Voss said the legislature will bring back those bills if Republican governor is elected this fall. So, you know, and it's like, it's like Mike Lindell told Robin Voss. You know, Robin Voss told Mike Lindell, we have a Democrat governor right now, so what's the point? And Mike Lindell was like, what the hell, man? Like, where you wake a snap out of it, you know? Snap out of it, Robin Voss. Well, there's nothing to snap out of for Robin Voss because uh, he is most definitely, (coughs) he is most definitely a rhino to the bone. Ladies and gentlemen, a rhino to the bone. Hey, Doreen Merck, thank you for uh, gifting the cookie over there at pill.net and uh, the foxhole.app. I appreciate it. All right, enough of that rhino. Time for an update with Miss Ghislaine Maxwell, the moment most of you all are waiting for. Okay, so as was announced, ladies and gentlemen, and and this is also in part to catch up the rest of my audience, right, in case they are not as savvy as everybody present. Um, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's call for a new trial or a mistrial was denied. Wonderful. Beautiful. Great, great news. So now she is... To move forward into the sentencing phase of her um, trial, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Um, And as we can say with this, guys, is, is, is we hope that it is a just sentencing. Uh, there was a meme that I saw floating around about Ghislaine Maxwell that I thought was very prudent and on point, you know. And, and the meme said something to the effect of uh, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial is the only human trafficking trial that had no predators. I'm saying that so wrong. You you understand what I'm saying though that what this thing was saying is it's it's saying that uh uh she's the only she's the only human trafficker that had no buyers. 
meaning everyone who is involved, everyone who uh, uh, participated, purchased with Ghislaine and Jeffrey Epstein are off the hook because no one's pursuing charges against these people. I mean, obviously, Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein could only get as far and climb as high as they did because they had buyers. They had, they had, they had customers. You know, they had people that shopped with them. And all of these people should be included in this investigation. I, I mean, I don't need to say that. I show, I'm sure that everyone here feels the same way. You know, I'm sure everyone here feels the same way, but that is where we stand at this point. And that's all I got to say about Glaine. Just kidding. We got a little bit more for you. We're not done just yet. Okay. So, um, her new trial has been declined, but that sets her up for a likely second circuit appeal. Okay, so her judges, I mean her judges, her uh, her attorneys are not yet finished trying to get her case to go into appeal. This is all prior to her sentencing, right? Uh, let's see here. It says some attorneys expressed surprise at Judge Allison Nathan's decision, which was to decline a new trial. Uh, while another attorney said it would be difficult for the circuit to identify clear error in the judge's analysis. So that, or, that, that article was a lot shorter than I thought it was. So that already, uh, that already sets this up um, for, you know, oh yeah, it was. Okay, here it is. I don't know why that, uh, that immersive cut all of that lingo out. Here we go. It cut everything out. Okay. It says here, a Manhattan federal judge's decision last week to deny Ghislaine Maxwell a new trial based on alleged juror misconduct was sure to trigger an appellate review of how or appellate review of how courts should evaluate instances in which jurors are less than forthcoming about their own personal experiences, lawyers acknowledged on Monday. The issue is expected to be at the heart of Maxwell's expected petition to the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit after the former United States District Judge Allison J. Nathan found that a juror had not deliberately concealed his history of sexual abuse when asked about it on a jury questionnaire. Uh, the decision which applied U.S. Supreme Court precedent from the 1984 case uh, McDonough Power Equipment v. Greenwood rejected Maxwell's argument <clears throat> uh, that her legal team was improperly denied the opportunity to use a preemptory strike against the juror based on his supposed bias. Instead, Nathan said, the question before the court was whether there was a valid basis for the court to have granted a hypothetical challenge for cause if the juror had answered correctly. Nathan's 40-page opinion, published late on Friday, answered that question firmly in the negative finding that the juror did not intentionally deceive the court and was not impermissibly biased against Maxwell. 
Crucially, Nathan said, the case did not present the kind of extreme circumstances under which she could imply or infer bias on the part of the man who was identified in court documents as juror number 50. To imply or infer that juror 50 was biased simply because he was himself a victim of sexual abuse in a trial related to sexual abuse and sex trafficking and despite his own credible testimony under the penalty of perjury, establishing that he could be an even-handed and impartial juror, would be tantamount to concluding that an individual with a history of sexual abuse can never serve as a fair and impartial juror in such a trial. That is not the law, nor should it be, the judge wrote. Maxwell, a former confidant of Jeffrey Epstein, was convicted in, convicted in December of helping the deceased sex trafficker sexually abuse several teenage girls. Epstein himself was supposedly killed while awaiting his own criminal trial. Uh, the guilty verdict was immediately thrown into question when the juror revealed in post-verdict media interviews that he himself was the victim of childhood sex abuse. The juror also thanked Maxwell's victims and commended them for coming forward with their stories. Under questioning, he said that he flew through the questionnaire, but strongly denied purposefully, purposely providing incorrect answers. He also testified in court that he had been abused by a stepbrother and the stepbrother's friend multiple times over a two-year period. The juror said that he no longer thinks much about the abuse and that it wasn't on his mind while he filled out the questionnaire. In her ruling, Maxwell noted that her inquiry into the juror's response was limited by federal rules prosecuting, protecting the integrity of the jury trial system, as well as the Second Circuit and Supreme Court case law that permits inquiry only if there is clear and incontrovertible evidence of potential misconduct by the juror. His failure to disclose his prior sexual abuse during the jury selection process was highly unfortunate but not deliberate, Judge Nathan wrote. The court further concludes that Juror 50 harbored no bias toward the defendant and could serve as a fair and impartial juror, the requirements for a new trial under McDonoughue are not satisfied. Attorneys interviewed on Monday said that Nathan's opinion would surely be at the heart of Maxwell's forthcoming Second Circuit appeal. However, little consensus emerged as to what way the Manhattan-based appeals court might rule. The, this, the, the decision, they said, would likely be reviewed under a differential abuse of discretion standard. And the issue was made more complicated by both the high-profile nature of the case and the unusual circumstances underlying Maxwell's motion. Might I add that when Ghislaine's law team was seeking this mistrial, they never even mentioned juror number 50. And if you don't believe me, then you need to go back to the episode where we covered that. Okay, don't be lazy. All right. Anyways, it said, some attorneys expressed surprise. We read that. Uh, one attorney, former federal prosecutor Michael Weinstein. <laughs> you remember what I said? There's some family names you just don't trust. Anyways, uh, Michael Weinstein, meanwhile, said that the juror was an ongoing was under an ongoing obligation throughout the trial to inform the court of his past abuse. Tell that to Harvey, Mr. Michael Weinstein. To me, if I'm a defense attorney, that's 
the one that I really dig down on, said Weinstein, who chairs Cole Schott's white-collar litigation and government investigation practice. Nathan's ruling, said Harvey, I mean Michael Weinstein, was attempting to distinguish between degrees of bias when, in fact, the courts should be focused on eliminating any such impropriety in criminal trials. Should any defendant risk a potential juror's bias in a case like this, he said. We should try to minimize any bias in a criminal case, especially where the bias goes to the heart of the criminal allegations. Nathan, who was confirmed to the Second Circuit last month... <laughs> okay, okay. Will not sit on the three-judge panel that would ultimately be assigned to hear Maxwell's... I was like, dang! I was like, first you got Kentangi Brown-Jackson sitting on the United States Sentencing Commission making, uh, making uh, um, pe- uh, pedophiles and, uh, and, and, and pedophile pornographer possessors uh, a less of an issue in sentencing, leaving the U.S. Commission and then judging on trials that way. And now we got Nathan, who is, uh, who is going to be on the Second Circuit. Uh, okay, but this, this article clearly clarifies that even though Judge Nathan is going to be on the Second Circuit court, that she will not be on the panel of judges reviewing Maxwell's case. Wouldn't that be a humdinger? Anyways, that, that is funny. That is hilarious. Okay. Anyways, so uh, Judge Nathan will not be sitting on this three-judge panel that would ultimately be assigned to hear Maxwell's appeal and would rescue herself should that case later go before the entire court and bonk. Uh, recuse herself, I apologize. So, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's a little bit about what's going on with uh, Ghislaine. So she's still due to her sentencing date to come, ladies and gentlemen. She's still due to her sentencing date, which is good. The only thing that we've got to uh, figure here is that uh, her sentence it is uh, worthy of the crime that she faced, okay? Now, in line with this um, um, denial of the new uh, trial or a mistrial for Ghislaine Maxwell, another uh, article I found was quite interesting that actually deals with Ghislaine Maxwell's trial and uh, Prince Andrew here. I always try and find Prince Andrew where he's showing his child chompers, ladies and gentlemen. Look at those child chompers. Look at those. Look at those mother of pearls, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, okay. Uh, so something has come up as well regarding his trial, which I found quite interesting. Uh, and so I wanted to share with you guys before we hit our last story for tonight. Okay. Uh, and this this uh, article states here in the headline, Ghislaine Maxwell's sentencing could give Prince Andrew accuser a new platform. OK, now, first of all, let me express my disgust. And um, I guess I say those things loosely, ladies and gentlemen. After all, I was not piloted around the world and abused and raped by heads of state and royal family like Virginia Robert Jufree. But at the same time, like Virginia Robert, unlike Virginia Robert Jufree, I didn't go around saying, what about the hundreds of victims? I'm in this because I don't want anyone to have to suffer this abuse. And then she settles for millions of dollars. Okay, maybe I'm a little bit 
sour grapes on that, guys. I'm not I'm not J- J- Virginia Roberts Jufri after all. I don't know what this woman has experienced. I could never fathom her pain. You know, um, I could only hope for a, a multi-million dollar payout or settlement from anybody, right? But could this be another light? Am I being cynical? Could this be a light at the end of the tunnel here, guys? Uh, 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 basically, Virginia Roberts Jufri was able to stick it, no pun intended, to the royal family. Although I don't think that that was the moral high road, in my opinion, but she was able to stick it to the royal family. And now maybe she could still go in and, and get some of her comeuppance on Ghislaine Maxwell. That's interesting, isn't it? Huh? Uh, let's see what this article has to say. Because apparently Virginia Roberts Jufree has a new platform. Either that or she's going to get another settlement. The love of money knows no bounds, ladies and gentlemen. Right? Forget about all the other victims. Um, the article says, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's conviction for sex trafficking will remain in place despite a dispute over a juror, opening up the prospect that Prince Andrew's accuser, Virginia Jufree, may make a court statement. Jufree sued Queen Elizabeth II's son, alleging Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein forced her to have sex with the royal in the early 2000s. The two sides settled out of court. Separately, Maxwell was convicted in December 2021 on five out of six counts of sex trafficking girls for Epstein to abuse. Jufree was not a witness in that case, but her lawyer, Sigrid McCauley, hinted in December that there may be an opportunity for her to contribute a statement during the sentencing process. Ghislaine Maxwell's sentencing will have a lot of testimony, ladies and gentlemen. Sigrid McCauley, as Jufri's attorney, told the Daily Telegraph at the time, at the sentencing, I anticipate that there will be a lot of testimony from many, many other women who are not able to be heard at the trial, who will come forward and bring information about their suffering at the hands of Ghislaine Maxwell. I believe this will be considered by the court before Judge Nathan renders her decision on the length of time Ghislaine will serve behind bars. If Jufree does give a victim impact statement, it would be her first major public comment since settling the case, which is essentially a non-comment. In the case with Prince Andrew. However, Maxwell's conviction was thrown. Okay, we already know about that. Okay, we already know about Juror 50 Scotty David. Okay. Then the rest of this article talks about Ghislaine's bid for a new trial, which we just covered, ladies and gentlemen. So we're not going to talk about that. And it talks about the long wait for justice. Because justice, in addition to being blind, sometimes takes its time. Ladies and gentlemen, and here again for your consideration is Ghislaine Maxwell looking like Bozo the Clown in very bad makeup and terrible highlights. All right, guys, let's move on to our final story for tonight. One that might interest some of the people in the audience out there. Yeah, I mean, of course, we were going to talk about this story, ladies and gentlemen. 
because in 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 a time where our uh, falsely elected president is allowing uh, hordes and hordes of deadly fentanyl to come across the border, right? In a time where everyone is outraged by the price of gas and the price of food, and in a time where the economy is inflating beyond the point of one or two jobs to maintain one's household, the best thing that you can do is let everyone get high, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think that the New Jersey governor did when they were going after him? I'm talking about Governor Murphy. What do you think he did when they were going after him for being one of the five governors that allowed the sick and those who were newly healed from COVID-19 to go back into the nursing homes and rehabilitation centers by a decree that was released by his Department of Health and Human Services with his signature? Governor Murphy of New Jersey allowed marijuana to be legalized, man, so that everyone would get high and forget about what he had done. Well, what is the best thing that you can do for outraged Americans? Let them get high, ladies and gentlemen. So now you have little Jerry Waddles Nadler actually, actually being the uh, father of this legislation, guys. It's almost a joke. You know that they threw Waddles Nadler around at those pedo parties back in the day, ladies and gentlemen. But let me tell you what, who would have thought that little Waddles would have been the one to um, um, sponsor such legislation, ladies and gentlemen. In case you don't know what the heck I'm talking about. The House has moved to, to to remove marijuana from the federal no-no list, okay? That's what I'm talking about, okay? So let's go ahead and get into this article. I mean, it's a great day for individuals who have always sought the legalization of marijuana. I mean, I will admit myself, I used to be a heavy partaker of uh, marijuana back in the day. Nowadays, I just don't seem to have the time to smoke it. It is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. I don't really care. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There used to be a time when I was like, I'll never stop smoking weed. And somehow I just stopped smoking it. Anyways, okay. So uh, let's see here. It says, United States House passes bill to decriminalize marijuana allows states to set policies. Oh, really? Okay, so what this would essentially mean... Uh, this is an opinion piece, by the way, just so you know. Uh, but what this would essentially mean is that the Senate needs to approve this and then it goes to the desk of Joe Biden. And all of a sudden, Joe Biden is in favor for the 2022 midterms, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is such, that is such, a, I mean, it's hilarious, guys. If you want people to vote for you, decriminalize marijuana. Okay, I mean, hey, it's a, it's a, I still think it's a lose-win situation. It, I don't, I, you know, the people who are concerned about inflation, the people who are concerned about the price of gas, the people who are concerned about not being able to take care of their family do not care about smoking marijuana. It's not like everyone who's frustrated at the gas lines is suddenly going, oh yeah, well, we can smoke weed now. Well, they don't have the money to afford it. 
<laughs> they gotta pay for their gas price. And then what, they're gonna lose their job? Because maybe their state won't uh, recognize the decriminalization at the federal level. What it will do is it will prevent the feds from going into states that have already decriminalized marijuana. You know, and then it'll be truly a free and decriminalized uh, state. Because they don't have to worry about federal overreach coming in and picking at people, right? Uh, but for everyone else who's feeling the bite of this inflation could give a damn whether or not marijuana is legalized. I mean, really, it is, ladies and gentlemen. Really, it is. Slug Trail, thank you for gifting the cookie. He says, um, good docuseries, bad name. Oh, you're talking about, uh, you're talking about uh, Just the Tip. I thought that was a terrible name for that documentary. That's why when I put it on my Rumble, I put Just the Tip. Epstein, Peter Wood, and the fight to save the children because it needed something to help balance out. Yeah, just the tip. Is that what all of these men say to the kids? And then before you know it, it's more than just the tip. Sorry, that was crude. It's almost midnight. I apologize. Puff, puff passes. Philly Q. Well, you know what, Philly Q, if I ever met you in person and that situation came up, I might say, okay, all right. Maybe I'll find my way uh, northeast sometime, or northwest sometime, right? You're northwest. You're northwest, aren't you? Anyways, okay. Let me get through this statement. I mean, this statement. Let me get through this article so we can wrap it up for the night, guys. <laughs> We've been here for two and a half hours. Okay, let's go, guys. Let's go. It says uh, 18 states all over the physical and political map, including California, Arizona, Virginia, Michigan, Montana, Illinois, Oregon, Nevada, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and New York now permit the recreational use of cannabis, opting to regulate and collect taxes from adult use of the substance rather than continue to treat it as a problem to be contained through cops, courts, jails, and prisons. 37 states have made medical marijuana legal. Yet the federal government still lists the weed as a Schedule One narcotic. And we don't even need to get into that discussion, guys. We already know how ridiculous that is. Anyways, with no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse, classifying it among the most dangerous substances in America. Anyone who is not under the influence can see there's something very, very wrong with this picture. Fortunately, the United States House Friday did something about the biggest current disconnect in American politics. They passed a bill authored by New York's own Jerry Waddles Nadler to remove marijuana from the Drug Enforcement Administration's naughty list, impose a 5% tax which would rise to 8% on cannabis products, let some pot convictions get expunged and urge review of sentencing for weed-related crimes while making small businesses that sell the weed eligible, uh, el- 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 eligible, not eligible, eligible for federal loans and services for which any other enterprise can apply. Washington's backwardness is not just a moral and criminal justice problem. It amounts to an unfair tax on a budding industry because the federal prohibition, many financial institutions will not touch cannabis clients with a 10-foot pole, nor can marijuana travel efficiently across state lines like almost every other product. 
Jerry Waddles Nadler's Moore Act, which also passed the House two years ago, has some Republican support, but it's seen as a dead letter in the Senate, where despite Chuck E. crying Chuck E. Schumer's best efforts, it will struggle mightily to get near 60 votes. Ladies and gentlemen, 202-224-3121. Call your senator. Okay. <laughs> anyways. Okay. Anyways, the, 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 this article continues. Schumer is working on his own legalization bill with plans to unveil it later this month. Democrats and Republicans in Congress battling 20% approval ratings should have no fear of doing what 68% of Americans, including 50% of Republicans and 71% of independents, say that they want. Legalize it, man. Okay, guys. I think that's a wrap. I think that's a show, ladies and gentlemen. I think that is a show. All right, we had a good time here on this Monday night, April 4th, 2022 at the Sea Report. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate y'all's presence and y'all's attendance. It's always appreciated, guys. Always appreciated in spirit and in body. And don't forget, guys, follow us on uh, Rumble. Follow us at pill.net. Follow us over and favorite us at the foxhole.app. Uh, look for us on Truth Social at MRCTV. That's Truth Social at MRCTV. And sign up for our email list at thecreport.com, ladies and gentlemen, so that you can stay abreast on all of the information going on over here at Mr. CTV and at The Sea Report. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, be safe, be blessed. And God bless America. We will see you next time. Have a good night. Goodbye.